Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 39, right before the big 4-0. And as per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined direct from London's West End. Please welcome Ross Harmon. Drama School Dropout No graduation day Hello. Oh, hey. <laughs> Thank That's you quite so the much introduction. for coming on. Oh, I'm, I've been so buzzing to speak to you. Like, I was talking to one of my friends earlier, and I was like, I'm so excited for today's podcast. Oh, thank you. So how is life? You're back on stage. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, mm. I, I imagine you're on tonight. Yes, yeah. I'm leaving, leaving in about an hour and a half just to... Just to go and do another show. Do you know what? It's it's really it's viscerally really weird because, you know, when you get into a show, you start to you start to find the bits that you love and that you kind of don't love as much, and that's completely yeah. normal. Like we're kind of not taking a second for granted. Yeah. And like there's days where your body hurts and you're like, oh, I just want a day off. <laughs> but then you kind of go, no, literally one of the only yeah. few people working. Um, so it's kind of like you feel really guilty for those for those seconds where you're like. Oh, come on. Can but I just have a day off? Shows, yeah. It's one of those shows that like as soon as you as soon as you I say press play, as soon as you start, um, you just find that energy, even on a day where like, I don't know, I've been to the gym and I'm and tired or or the dog's been up overnight, like I still manage to find the energy from somewhere yeah. just because it's that kind of show. And the audience has been amazing. Even though we've been at thirty percent capacity, yeah. it feels like we've been at a hundred percent plus because the, the audience are just so you know we've got an incredible um set of fans that just love this show as much as we do and, and we're so grateful for that and we're looking forward hopefully scotland are about to like get back to the theater i know that there are a yeah. few shows tentatively starting in the next week or two so as soon mm -hmm. as we can get back to it i will be living my best life yeah it's just it's always been too long hasn't it it's, yeah. it's like it's like, like ready for you know a year but now it's that thing past a year that everyone's like right i'm just done now like, like yeah come on <laughs> i'm literally waiting now i got an email from a theater this morning i'm directing and producing one of my own shows and it's being announced at some point today so while you're all listening to this tickets are now available from webster's <laughs> glasgow for this is where we get off please come and see it next april love it um so did you write it yeah me and my best friend we sat down and wrote a play over lockdown and we got really good like feedback from our friends so um good. we were like we're gonna take the plunge we've booked a theater all out of our own pocket it's mental. there's been so much of that you know i've got i've got a lot of friends that did some writing and 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 it was really successful you know a really good friend of mine now that i that i met through doing in pieces the film at the beginning of the year um he kind of started producing in lockdown something that never would have happened if not for yeah. lockdown and you know, i wrote a musical as everyone did and <laughs> you know but there were so many positive things that came from having the time you know overall it wasn't a very positive experience for for a lot of us but the time it gave us a lot of time really... to work on things like yeah. I've always been a writer. I've been writing since mm. I was 16 and I wrote, um, if anybody wants to go and buy it because it got cancelled, um, I wrote the Dance Moms stage play because I, I like Love know it. Abby Lee Miller. 
and that yeah. was supposed to be in New York last year and then we got locked down and I was like and then oh, last year didn't sick. happen yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah we've got a show coming and it's like I'm just so buzzing to get back to it and I, I've never directed anything I've never been like properly behind the scenes so I'm like really excited to mm -hmm. get my my teeth into it but what I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and yeah. what was your first ever role? Um, so I, I mean, I grew up doing, you know, kids stuff. And my first ever role that I ever played as a kid was um, I played Santa in the Nativity. Love that. Santa, because Santa was in the Nativity. Yeah, you know, that really definitely he was there. Jesus, Mary, Joseph and Santa. Um, yeah, I've I got your Santa. frankincense, <laughs> your gold, and then your action man. Yeah. Um, so uh, so that was like my first ever role. And then as I, you know, as I got older, I did the Artful Dodger and Oliver and played the narrator in Joseph on the same day as I was doing the Artful Dodger. Professional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Professional from the age of 10. Double booking those roles right from the beginning. Yeah. But then professionally for me, it was a weird one. You know, I, I did um, a degree in English language and linguistics. Um, I was going to kind of not do performing professionally. Um, it was just something that, that never sort of, I always loved it, but yeah. it was never going to be my career. Um, and then when I was about 22, 23, a friend of mine said, look, you, you should, you should be doing this, go and give it a go at least. Yeah. So I applied to drama school, got in and went and did the year course at LSMT, London School of Musical Theatre, and then, um, graduated and played Sky and Mamma Mia pretty, pretty much straight away. And then the pandemic no happened and then... Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Um, so that sort of boosts out my next question, which was going to be, do you remember the time where you were like, this could be my career? Yeah, I think it, it happened way later for me than it, than it does for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people kind of set their sights on it from sort of GCSE age. Yeah. Uh, and I did drama GCSE, but, but then I didn't do drama A-level. I did English, French and Spanish A-level. So I was quite kind of academic-y. Um, and I went to a school that was very much sort of, you need to apply to this university and you need to do this because, because they were trying to, to tables. their numbers. Yeah, exactly. And it's such you know, a problem and I, did I that have. And it is very problematic, but I don't regret it. Yeah. You know, I don't look back on, I don't look back on it and go, I wish I'd done that sooner because everything that has led me to where I am now happened at the right time. Um, I feel so passionate about saying to people like, don't force it, don't rush it, let it happen when it happens and that's kind of how everything has happened to me and i don't regret anything that i did maybe if i had gone into it sooner i'd have i'd have kind of worked a bit more than i have now but again i've not been out of work since i graduated so you know i've been very lucky you've not had some like dodgy credits either like your credits are all pretty decent so i would imagine <laughs> that there's, there's no complaints there um, yeah i've been super lucky yeah yeah i had the absolute opposite like journey for better no better word in school mm -hmm. like my science teacher tried to get me removed from drama GCSE to do extra sciences and I was like well if you're gonna do that I'm not coming to school because I'm never gonna use science yeah. I always knew I was gonna do something in this creative sort of industry whether I was like I loved English I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to write novels and then I realized I really enjoyed writing for the stage but I was like yeah take me out of drama to do science and I'm not coming back so <laughs> go for it um <laughs> yeah but you like we've said you've got to do so many cool things you've been on the west end in films mamma mia but what 
you've recorded a lot of your own music, just like we're going to talk about mm-hmm. all this in a minute. But what has been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment? I don't really know, actually. And uh, this is going to sound this is going to sound really weird. But you know what I was saying about everything happened at the right moment? Yeah. I haven't once felt like um, I shouldn't be here. You know, I, 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 I still feel a bit of preposter. Is that the word? Imposter syndrome. Imposter, preposterous. <laughs> Imposter syndrome um, when I'm in a rehearsal room. But I think that's that's a natural thing because yeah. you kind of have to you kind of have to move outside your comfort zone and be something that you're not in order to achieve a, a decent thing in a rehearsal room. Yeah. Um, and I know that when I feel like that in a rehearsal process, that's my <laughs> transition moment. But um, but yeah, like everything that's happened to me, I've kind of gone. Hmm, I'm in the right place now. This is where yeah. I, this is where I need to be. This is where I should be. Um, yeah that must just be lovely because i'm constantly like what the fuck am i doing (laughs) sometimes it's like like uh, yeah sometimes i have those moments where i'm like should i be should i be feeling something different to what i'm feeling now because you know like when when i when when we did our first preview and heather's a couple of weeks ago i was like this is my west end debut and i'm kind of like inside 15 year old me is like in complete dying but you know 25 year old me is like hmm cool just just got a job to do let's get on with the job yeah and and that's how i've always been since i graduated that's the best way to be though isn't it it's like you stop yourself from getting really overwhelmed if you just call it a job yeah even though heather's is a massive cult phenomenon that people around the world i mean not at the moment but they will travel to see yeah and i think like it's very important that it doesn't become just a job you know, it, 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 the, the day that it becomes just a job to me and it's like, I've got to go to work. That is the moment that I will step away because I could do any just job. You know, yeah. I could, I, I don't have to, because you do sacrifice a lot of, a lot of your personal time to, to, to be a performer. You know, I, you work evenings and weekends. Never been on a night out in years. Yeah, so you give up so much, but obviously what you get back is, is so Mental. worth it. But that day that it becomes just a job for me is the day that I will step away because it's so much more than that. Um, But at the same time, like you said, it doesn't overwhelm you if you're kind of like, well, you know, I'm a professional performer, I get paid to do this. You know, this is just my job. It's a bit like auditions now. I I used to build up auditions so much, um, but now I just kind of see them as I treat them the same as rehearsals. Yeah. I I feel like I've got I've got this material. Um, I'm going to learn it and I'm going to deliver it for you the same as I would in a rehearsal room if I've already got the job. Um, and taking that energy into a room with me just makes it so much more easy to work with directors and whatever. Um, you're not constantly uh, shitting yourself. Yeah, and you're not constantly proving yourself. It's like, well, I'm in this room because I've proven myself before. Yeah. You know, I, I went to drama school and I, you know, I've, I've done jobs and I've proven myself there. So I'm just here to show you what I can do with this if I bit fit of material. The jigsaw puzzle piece. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I like I love auditions now because of that. Like I learned mm. that quite early on. I used to hate auditions and would be like, nah, I'm not do I don't want to do it. But now I'm like, they want me to be the part anyway, because they want to go home and see their husband or wife. And so yeah. they want their job to be done. And now I just like, I thrive. They want you to be good. And that's, that's, you know, and I have to say, they did say that to us at drama school though. They were super like at London School of Musical Theatre. They were very much like, you're helping them. If you're It's good, hard to believe though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But if you're, you're fixing their problem, if yeah. you're good. 
percent. And so kind of having that mindset is really helpful. So to talk about drama school, I always like, because mm. we've all been in these rooms and some pretty weird shit happens. Like, no, if you'd say nothing happened, you're lying. Do you have a favorite crazy, funny drama school story? Yes. Um, uh, we were doing an audition prep class and um, our head of drama, amazing, Susan Rassi, one of the most incredible human beings, she said, you have to be ready for whatever they throw at you in, this, in an audition room. And uh, it was kind of in the context of, um, of commercials, because we've heard, I've never done a commercial casting, but I've heard crazy things yeah. that they will, just, they will just get you to do it as like, I don't know. In my case, it was, can you perform this piece, but as a dog? <laughs> and obviously like dogs don't speak. So I still had to perform the same material, but using dog body language and like vocal language yeah and i kind of was faced with this with this two like two roads ahead of me i could either just be like ha 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 this is really funny woof ha and and just kind of not not step out my comfort zone but not embarrass myself yeah or i could just jump on the floor on my hands and knees and throw myself into this um in front of all my peers you know, and I've I've never had a problem really of performing in front of peers. No, me, me But I t I took the road where I just jumped into it two like four feet, if you like. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 I heard of drama. She was like, "That is exactly what you needed to do in that situation. You weren't playing a dog. They didn't. You know, you weren't auditioning for a dog, but they wanted to see what you were willing to do and bring yeah. and play." so willing i remember one of my really good friends who was in my first year of college and he was sort of the opposite and didn't really like to do that and there's i don't know do you watch drag race yeah there's a rupaul quote that i kept saying to him and he's like the straightest boy you've ever met and <laughs> like has never watched an episode of drag race in his life i was like the fear of looking like an idiot is holding you back and he was like yeah i yeah. know but i don't want to look like an idiot i was like well what can you do and then he left and yeah. now has like a business degree. And that's so cool for him and like yeah. fair play. Oh. But in order to succeed in what we do, you need to you need to kind of at least be comfortable with looking like an idiot, even mm. if you don't actually look like an idiot. But, well, um, I've always said like, cause I recently found out my old school no longer offer drama and music GCSE, which I think is so just stupid because even if you don't want to be an actor, you don't want to be a performer. There's people yeah. that I know that don't act anymore that were on my college class, but now can speak in front of a group confidently, yeah. can give mm -hmm. presentations. There's so many life skills that you learn through getting up and acting like an idiot. Yeah, a lot of people that mandatory. did psychology at my school did drama as well, because it teaches you so much about human beings and and you know what it, what it is to be a human. And oh, can you hear the dog? It's, going crazy. <laughs> it's all good. Um, and uh, and I think like having that knowledge of what makes a character is is also so important in in understanding humans. Yeah, um, I think it should be mandatory for everyone to at least take one drama class in their life. Yeah, yeah. Like, because you just you learn so much and you can just take skills that even though you're never going to work in a theatre or perform, you can speak to people confidently and all that. And I just think it's such a shame that schools now are backtracking on it and not doing it. And I yeah. sort of blame colleges a little bit for it because to get onto an A-level drama course, you don't actually need a GCSE in drama, need mm -hmm. English. And I think that that's sort of one of the problems. But yeah. 
there's a lot to be said, you know, for for the way that the school academic sort of system is going, and and it's going very much, you know, you the book subjects kind of take precedent, and I mean they always have done in a way, um, but it, it's it's turning more into that, and and that really shuts off a lot of, yeah. of kids that that aren't so book smart but are so incredibly creative or talented or. You know, there's so many, you know, I always use my dad as an example. My dad's a successful businessman that doesn't have a, a qualification to his name because he's yeah. severely dyslexic. And he was at school at a time before dyslexia was really a thing. So he was it just wasn't normal. accessible. Yeah. So you shut yourself off. I know that there's a lot of special, uh, special uh, educational needs um, that stuff around now, but you shut yourself off from all that potential, um, which can be so useful in the future such a shame like i, I just mm. want to fight everyone that says people shouldn't take drama <laughs> like that's the next charity boxing match is just me versus everyone <laughs> uh, but let's talk about heathers so you're yeah. currently at um is it the theater haymarket right mm-hmm. i have got this written down somewhere the haymarket right? yeah the haymarket yeah um so what is what is it like i know we spoke about this briefly but has it been like a massive shell shock change going back to the theatre after being in lockdown for a year? Yeah, I have to say, every time I've been in an audition room or I've been in a theatre or I've been in a rehearsal room, it's felt so normal. And I think that's because lockdown never felt normal. Yeah. You know, isolation never felt normal. This whole, this whole like, you can't be closer than two metres, it never felt normal because it goes against human nature. So mm-hmm. when we were back in a rehearsal room or back in an audition room, it was like, Electric. This is normal. This is life. This is what we've missed. Um, uh, but yeah, I have to say, it's just been, it's just been, it's just felt like oh, a breath of normality has come back, a breath of what we love. Um, it's kind of all overarched by this kind of, if one of us gets COVID, then the whole show goes down. You know, hairspray's just gone down. And- Which I don't understand because I'd hate to use this comparison because it's, there's so many double standards with it. One of the Scotland football players tested positive and the whole team got to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't, because Hairspray have just had to close because somebody tested positive, which is such a shame. But I don't yeah. understand because they literally say nobody has came into contact with this person. Mm-hmm. How yeah. did they close the whole thing down? I'm just confused. It's, it's, it is unfair, but I think we don't get caught up in in the, the you know the double standards and compl- and kind of complaining about that because we you know like i say we've got a job to do and our job at the moment is to protect the show yeah so that means we go home after the show we don't go to the bar we've not been out as a as a group no stage door um no stage door and there's a really so- good with stage door like because i obviously went I'm going to talk about this in a second, but when Carrie Hope Fletcher was playing Veronica, yeah. like, there was a lot of stuff about Stage Door. And they're one of the really mm-hmm. the only shows that have sort of come out and said, Stage Door is not a right. You don't buy a meet and greet with your ticket. Like, if they happen to come out, cool, get them to sign your programme. But just be nice. But Heather's obviously been one of the first shows back open. They were on the spot with no stage door yeah and i mean we had a big discussion as a cast with the with the producers and with the director and they said you know what would make you feel most safe and and at the end of the day there is no other way than just not having that contact at all and it's really difficult because the fans are so responsive and loyal and uh, you know they love 
like I said before, they love our show as much as we do. And, and that's, we're really lucky for that. Um, and we were talking about maybe having a barrier that, that like a two meter barrier that we can still converse with people, but there's that distance um, and kind of enforcing masks and stuff. But at the end of the day, there is no alternative. To How just far can you go? Yeah. Yeah. Like how many so, rules and exemptions and because, you know, you're always going to get that one person. I don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, exactly. And it's just one rule, for, one rule for one really needs to be one rule for one. We kind of need to practice what we preach. There's so many, yeah. like you said, there's so many double standards in other part of, of the country and other, uh, other stuff that we kind of just need to, instead of complaining about it, we just need to set what, it's, what yeah. we want it to be at the front and just move with that. It's just a no. Yeah, yeah. And we're doing what we can, you know, uh, they've asked us to be extra you know, vigilant with social media when someone messages us we we, we do our best to reply because often it goes into message requests and stuff yeah. and so we, we're constantly Filters. checking all of that and and kind of speaking to as many people as we can on social media which which has been really lovely because people have been more active on social media as a result of not having stage door so mm -hmm. so it, it swings and roundabouts but whatever we can do to keep the show open is, is our total priority at the moment yeah so how long is this indefinite now that heathers is in the west end or have we got a run no, so we close 11th of September and that's non-negotiable because Only Fools and Horses comes back in pretty much straight away after us. Okay, so we all um, need to come and see Heathers before the 11th of September. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Ticket as well, links like, a lot of in the bio below. Yeah, and <laughs> today tips because they, they tend to be kind of the best at keeping up to date, apparently. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, a lot of our cast have got other shows to go back to. So there's just kind of no real scope for an extension yeah. or a transfer with this cast anyway. So don't miss us. <laughs> <laughs> so you're playing Kurt Kelly. And obviously mm -hmm. this is the second incarnation of Heathers in the UK. Yeah. What has it been like taking over that role? Because obviously the first time around, Heathers sold out everywhere. I couldn't get tickets. So what has it been like taking over a role in a show that comes with such a cult following? Yeah. Um... A role like Kurt has been has been really um, interesting for me because what's written is incredibly funny, and and he is an incredibly like the script is so funny for my or every single of one of my lines comes with this kind of like you've got to make it funny because yeah. it's funny, but at the same time he is the school bully, uh, you know they do they do um, I don't want to give too much away but essentially they need to be scary, mm -hmm. so all everything that I say is funny but I have to be scary. Yeah. And it's like this real, really hard kind of line to cross because if I'm too scary, then I'm not funny. And mm. if I'm too funny, then I'm not scary. Um, so it's, it's just that of conflict big... of- Yeah, it's been a big push and pull. In terms of the previous cast, they... we're essentially standing where they stood and, you know, and moving where they moved but everything else is ours and yeah. they, they gave us a because we only had two weeks rehearsal it was it was a wild quick rehearsal process from walking in the room to opening night was two weeks um so that's including tech everything so they kind of gave us a blueprint and said here is what they did last time take it and put you into it and it's only really been this week you know back end of last week beginning of this week and we so that's what this is the beginning of our third week mm -hmm. that we feel settled into our version of these characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of freedom. I said to Geordie Steele when she came on the podcast, because obviously she's returned, um, mm. we all got to see a lot more of the first 
incarnation of UK Heathers because the leading lady had a YouTube channel and was putting everything up. So we yeah. all sort of feel like we know what happens behind the stage and things. So that just must be then mental to sort of go in and have this sort of expectation sort of yeah. thing. I think what's, uh, you know, I, I keep mentioning the fans and, and I, I, I always come back to the fact that they they don't want us to be the last cast. Yeah, 100%. There's not been one moment where they've gone, oh, I wish I wish it was so-and-so still. It's just been like, oh my God, you guys are new and it's yeah. exciting and, and we love having the show back. Um, and they've really appreciated our fresh choices because, you know, I saw the show um, right at the beginning of when I was at London School of Musical Theatre, we went as a group trip to see Heathers. So I saw the last cast. Um, and, you know, Christina and Carrie could not be more different. It, they're both exceptionally talented and, and play the role exceptionally well, but they're so different in their take yeah. on it. And, um, and, you know, when you've got such a different sort of spearhead of the lead role, it kind of makes everything in the show different and nuanced. And it's been really lovely to be a part of that. That's one of the things that, theatre in particular gets really well in the fans of theatre yeah. because when you look at things like I don't know do you watch Love Island? No I have do you know what that's one thing I've never seen an episode of. So like we're all calling at the moment I'm not I don't really care that much but everyone's like oh I just wish they'd put x y and z in because this cast's a bit boring and things like that and it's yeah. not the same as last season but you never really see like just for instance gonna bring Carrie back because this person can't play Veronica. Like you never yeah. see that. It's always really lovely and like, oh, this is the best. Like mm -hmm. everyone brings such a new take to the role. But without giving anything away, can you tell us what your favorite line of dialogue from the show is? Oh, I, I was. This is one of those moments where I always get put on the spot. I forgot like, all of your lines. Line <laughs> um, I there's always one part where I have to stop myself from laughing, and um, <laughs> it's a scene during Act Two, and and there's just this kind of. I won't give anything away, but this whole scene, internally, I am laughing away yeah. at myself because obviously, not obviously, but three of us on stage are dead. So only one of the characters on stage can see and speak to us. Uh -huh. So she's having a conversation with this other person and we're interjecting, but this <laughs> other person can't hear us. Yeah. So it's this, there's this whole kind of like almost three-way dialogue going on, but yeah. Um, and I have to really stop myself from laughing every day because it's different every time. You know, it's one of those scenes that if we feel slightly different, we'll say something slightly different. And it, and it, it just changes the energy every day. Um, so I don't really have a favourite line. There's some really iconic lines like I don't patronise bunny rabbits. Yeah. It's a, really, a really iconic line from the show. Heather's um, is just iconic in general, isn't it? The only other musical that I've ever, um, I've completely compared, forgot that word there, in like yeah. the cult following that it's got, it's Rent. Yeah. It's the only thing that I can ever say, or oh, they're two similar shows in fandom, cult, mm -hmm. culture settings, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it must be mental. Like how is being on the West End as an actor? I know you said it's only a job, but there must be a part of you that's like, screaming inside every oh day. my god yeah you know i tell myself it's a job to kind of keep me grounded <laughs> yeah. but of course like it, it's still not kind of settled into me that i think the weirdest thing for me is that i have a dressing room in the west end with my belongings in there yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's just the weirdest thing like oh i've got like a spare pair of shorts and a pair of pants just in case like you know i need to i need to get changed yeah. or you know and, and it's got my food in the fridge and like that's that feeling of of kind of like Especially in the Haymarket. That is a brilliant yeah. theatre. Yeah. Sort of like, just like, what the fuck? 
Yeah, it's it's just one of those it's just one of those things that I don't think will ever get less crazy. Yeah, you know, especially because I've loved theatre. I've been such a, and that was kind of a reason I didn't want to go into it as a, a profession behind the curtains. Yeah, because I didn't want it to ruin what I loved about theatre. Um, and don't get me wrong, it hasn't. It's changed it for sure, but yeah. it, it hasn't ruined my kind of love for theatre. Um, but I can't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> that was going to be really profound. Good. <laughs> My brain's just, just... Oh, it's all good. Stopped. Um, but what else I like to ask everyone that comes on is, if you mm. were booked in the West End to do a one-month run in a two-person show and you could pick anyone else to be your co-star with no financial restraints, who would you pick? Steph Parry. I love it when people <laughs> know their answer. Like, every time, Catherine Tate... <laughs> So she, uh, Steph and I, we do a lot of performing together anyway, but I, uh, we, we just have one of those kind of professional relationships where we can, we just, the other person can riff and do whatever they want to do and we'll just play. Mm-hmm. And it, this show that we end up doing now, you've, you've put it out there to the universe, this two person show that we end up doing, it could run for 20 minutes, yeah. but then that same show the next night could run for two and a half hours. Like it's that I sort of... That. Should we sing that song? Yeah, let's sing that song. Yeah, let's it's go. It's very much that uh, that energy. And, and we, yeah, we have a lot of fun. And I would love to, to do a two-person show with Steph. I don't know why, and this could be awkward if I'm wrong, but I just had a flashback there to a video that I saw on Twitter about three weeks ago. Was it you and another girl from Heather's that both didn't know you were both in Heather's? And no, like, so that was Chris jobs. and Amy. So, so first Awkward day I met that I got it wrong. Amy. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll tell you the story anyway because they love to tell it the story. It's such a great and video. It's such a cute story. So when when we went for our first day of rehearsals, they they told me this story and I thought it was so incredible. They met working at Sainsbury's during the pandemic, so they had never worked together. And both of them have done some really great jobs. You know, Chris yeah. was in and Juliet before before the pandemic, and he's going back. And Amy's done every single show that you've ever heard of, and um, <laughs> and um. They met at Sainsbury's in the pandemic and then one, I can't remember who found out they got Heather's first, but they told the other one, I'm in Heather's and the other person managed to keep it a secret for ages. And then filmed this video of just being like, let's take a selfie. Oh, by the way, I'm in Heather's together. It was the best video. I, I live for that stuff. Like I'm on TikTok all the time. Trying but to... it just never happens. Like no. the chances of working with your best, best mate are so slim. <laughs> So the fact that it happened for them is so is That's so wonderful. They're both yeah. such they're both such great people as well. So, yeah, that is a great a great video to. <laughs> I'll share it on my I'll share it on my Twitter when the day that this comes out, um, so everyone else yeah. can see it. Um, <laughs> we mentioned it earlier. You've brought out your own music now, uh, Lonely World. What was that mm-hmm. like? And it's a PS available on all streaming platforms now. Please enter some sure links is. in the show notes. There might be some more coming out at the end of I this I saw month. that on your Instagram story. Yeah, so um, I, I mean, I've been writing music since I was 13, just as kind of like, uh, yeah, just, I've just always enjoyed that. Um, and it was only the last kind of year, 18 months or so, that I thought, actually, I want to put some money into this and, and get it professionally produced and work with producers. And, and um, thanks to doing the ship, I had a, I had a lot of kind of money behind me or cash behind me that I wanted to invest in myself. Yeah. Um, annoyingly, the pandemic happened, so I didn't, <laughs> didn't end up investing quite as much. Yeah. I ended up spending it. Um, my savings are gone. Yeah. 
that but, those little uh, bits but of yeah, student just... loan that I managed to scrimp and pack away, gone. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic was just game over for any savings. But um, but yeah, I was really happy to invest in in that, and and I worked with some incredible producers, learned so much about songwriting and production, and and um, and yeah, Lonely World was really well received. So hopefully, everyone else will like the oh, next the stuff. That's stuff that's <laughs> Um, oh, no, I, I love it. Like, I especially love, like, like I said, I'm directing and producing. I love mm. somebody that can be the one-man Trojan horse or the one-woman Trojan horse and can sort of just, like, me and Heather were producing this play. We just made the programs. We cast it ourselves. We're doing the set design yeah. ourselves. I love it when people have got so many different facets of what they do and things like that. Um, but I have to ask, uh, completely non-theater related, where did you get that jumper? It's Reebok. <laughs> Is it just from the Reebok? I always get, yeah, I always get such lovely comments about this jumper. Every time I wear it, I get at least three people say, I love your jumper. I was like, I need to ask where you got that from. Like, I've I've got so many other nice clothes that nobody (laughs) ever mentions. And then I put this jumper on just because I've been to the gym and people love it. Yeah, Um, like, I need to ask. But yeah, I think, I think going back to the music, what I've really appreciated about producing my own stuff is with musical theatre career, you can't control anything. All you no. can control is how you perform in the audition room, in the in the rehearsal room, and on stage. That's no. the only thing you can control. No control. Getting a job, you know, anything is out of your control. Um, so having this music that I wrote, co-produced, you know, I even played the keys on on pretty much all of them, um, and then I sent them off to the mastering people. I, you know, I got the. Uh, album artwork made I organised the photography I put them online you know every single little detail was controlled by me yeah and that having a career that I largely can't control <laughs> yeah um, which nice. is, which can be quite high stress having something that you can fully control takes the stress away from, from this other you know yeah. life that you can't control so you know it, that's what I would always say to, to other performers or aspiring performers is is have something in your life that you can control, or that, control. You can, that you can, yeah, that you can kind of be in charge of because it can definitely take it out of you. It can consume you and it can really grind you down thinking that you're not good enough when you don't get a job when actually it's nothing to do with you. Yeah. Like I <laughs> completely relate, especially with like this podcast. Like I've, I'm currently, I'm going back to drama school this year, so I'm no mm-hmm. longer going to be a drama school dropout. <laughs> you have like, to change the name of the podcast. Uh, no, we'll keep it out. <laughs> always be a dropout. But like, um, I'm currently recording like hella in advance. Like I'm doing some, I'm recording Christmas in two weeks just to yeah. get it done for while. And I've had friends being like, because I've got a list as long as my elbow as how many episodes I've got to edit. And they're like, I can edit. Do you want me to edit? And I'm like, no. Because no, I decide to, yeah, what I say, what goes in. Uh, do you want me to do the podcast art? No, thank you. Like, it's all, all me. Mm. And the only thing that I actually get help with is what we're about to move on. And it's stage right or stage shite. And um, I mean, I'm saying that, but I read, I read these last night when I got them through. And I can't play this time. So it's got to be you on your own. Because <laughs> there's a story that I submitted that has been chosen. 
So I sort of know one of the answers. So it's stage right or stage shite, and it's three different stories. One of them's made okay. up by our producer, Heather, who my writing partner, best friend. Um, and one of them was submitted by me today. And we've got to find out which one is the lie. Well, you have. I can't play the answers. Okay. She still put the answer in a sealed envelope, even though it's my question <laughs> she's picked. She knows you know the answer. Yeah. So number one. I was doing a Shakespeare sonnet for an assessment that some of the senior college's staff were sitting in on, and I had completely blanked and forgot my whole sonnet and had to ad-lib my whole way through. I had no clue what I was doing, but I managed to rhyme the word gate with masturbate, which got me a few laughs. Number two. That's something I would do, to be honest. Same. I'm going to say that to all of them now, because who knows which one's mine. Number two. <laughs> this is a college story that I will never forget. One day a girl in my class started, was talking to me and all of a sudden she pulled a tin of beans and a spoon out of her bag and said, I didn't have time to make food this, this morning, so I'm just going to have some cold beans for lunch. Sounds like something I would do. Number three, I saw a very famous actor in Macbeth and partway through one of the actors broke one of the pops, props and the famous actor just turned to the other actor who had broken the prop and wagged his finger at him and told him off for breaking the king's property. The whole audience lost it. In character, I love that. A apparently so. Again, sounds like something I would do. Ah. <laughs> yeah. um, oh. See, I, I believe all of them. Yeah, me too. I, I hope the sonnet one is stage shite. <laughs> yeah, that's one I hope. Uh, is that what we're going for, number one? Yeah. Well, I can tell you that number two is true because that was my one of my best friends, Jenna Murphy. We were literally sat in college one day and she pulled a tin of beans out of her bag and was like, I, I don't have it. any time. So I was just going to have some beans today. And I was like, do you want me to buy you a Greg's? And she was like, no, no, you're all right. Oh, we were wrong. Number three was the shite. Oh, number three. So the Shakespeare sonnet was true. And that's kind of iconic. I love that. Yeah. I, I what was it? Saturday matinee. My first line came on stage, <laughs> said half the line slightly differently. So maybe I threw myself, could not remember the second half of the line. Oh, love that. I was like, nip, <laughs> and then and then it came to me, but it felt like about 20 years, but it was oh, about two The worst <laughs> feeling in the world. But we're coming to the end of the podcast now. I'm very like thankful that you come on. And I, I'm, I'm also Hi. really jealous that you're getting to go and work. Thank you for absolutely. I, I, I get to sit and edit this and podcast I was thinking this morning, now. I was on the way to the gym and like, I had like the song, I had one of the songs in my head and I was like, oh, I can't wait to do that later. Oh, <laughs> I'm so jealous. I can't wait to get back to the theatre. Hopefully Nicola Sturgeon will follow. I mean, I've never said this before. Hopefully she will follow Boris's sort of guidance. That <laughs> yeah, was... Don't, don't make a habit of saying yeah, that. No, normally I'm telling him to go fuck himself. <laughs> um, but where can everyone find you on social media? So my Twitter is at Ross Harmon. My Instagram is at Ross Harmon underscore because there's some random American. It's so annoying, isn't it? Um, just handle. Um, and that's kind of it for me. Yeah, social media wise. Like Instagram. I wanted just Ingram instead of Ingram Noble. But there's some random woman in America that's just got the username Ingram. And I've messaged her a few times and be like, can I buy it off of you? Can I have it? And she just like yeah. leaves me on red. And I'm like, thank it's you. It's so like, this Ross Harmon guy in America has got literally like 12 followers. I'm like, yeah, come on. Doesn't even use the app. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, but thank you so much for coming on. It's been so lovely chatting to you. No, thank you for asking me. Um, and My good luck absolute tonight. pleasure. Good luck tonight. And everybody listening, if good you can. Good luck with your show. Oh, thank you so much. Um, everybody that's listening, if you can, and if we're allowed, um, make sure that you get and see Heather's because it is a really great show. But I'm not allowed to travel to England to see my mum just now. <laughs> so I'm probably not allowed to come and see a show. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that will change by yeah. September. So if it does, Fingers let me know crossed. and I'll be we'll, there. we'll get you to see Heather's I will be there. it's a fun show and we have a lot of fun. And yeah. I've got Thank like a list that. as long as my armor shows that I need to see. But yeah. I will let you get back to normal life. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a good afternoon. And there we have it, the end of another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 39 completed. Thank you so much to Ross for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us so, so much. And if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. Heathers is playing at the Theatre Royal Haymarket in London until the 12th of September, so make sure to support the arts, support Ross, and grab a ticket. And maybe if the restrictions have been lifted, you may see me there, because I am dying to see the show. I'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode, and I'll be celebrating getting to 40 episodes absolute madness and to celebrate i'll be chatting to one of the stars of one of my favorite tv shows ever i'll be chatting to georgie jennings from chris lily's jamae private school girl have a lovely week thank you so much for continuing to listen it means the absolute world and i really hope that everyone's doing okay now that we're sort of coming out of lockdown and we're getting back to some form of normality and i cannot wait to see you all at some sort of theatre show because I am going to be at them all but have a lovely week thank you so much for listening and you will hear me again next week Drama school dropout No graduation day for you Drama school dropout Don't you hold course Now try something new Drama school dropout